Precision pricing is critical to successful sale. An overpriced home will get fewer showings. Let's get you fired up. Financially independent, retire early. If you're a small business, professional, or entrepreneur, and you're looking for a way to stand out amongst your competition, then this is the podcast for you. We focus on relevant digital marketing strategies and tools to help you stand out in your industry and become the market leader in your profession. Hey, we don't hold back on this podcast. We say it like it is. And sometimes you may not like what you're hearing, but I guarantee you, you'll know the information given is truly what you need to do to take your business to the next level. So hang tight because you're about to be fired up with me, Krista Mayshore. Take much longer to sell and usually require several price reductions. Most overpriced homes ultimately end up selling for less than if the price was set competitively in the first place. That being said, you don't want to leave thousands of dollars on the table by underpricing your client's home either. To give your clients an accurate assessment of pricing and pricing strategy, you need to study absorption rates, pending sales, market climates, interest rates, and inventory levels. All of these factors and many more can affect pricing. It's important that you know about all of them and advise your clients properly. Educate yourself and your clients. Be aware of what's happening locally and nationally and how it may affect your sellers and buyers. In this first interaction with potential clients, it's critical to manage expectations. Educate yourself and your clients. Be aware of what's happening locally and nationally and how it may affect your sellers and buyers. In this first interaction with potential clients, it's critical to manage expectations. Though you want the seller to list with you, don't make the mistake of inflating the price or telling them their home will sell faster than you sense it will. You'll be setting yourself up to fail and leave a trail of un happy clients behind you. Instead, without being pessimistic, warn clients of any potential landmines. For instance, are lenders lending less and requiring stronger qualifications? That means fewer potential buyers. Does the economy look shaky? People will be less likely to make a major financial move like buying a new home. Show your potential clients that you really care about their success by giving them as much information as you can. In this first meeting, I also give sellers my recommendations of work that will help the house show better. It may be as simple as having the windows washed, the house thoroughly cleaned, and the carpet shampooed to get rid of pet odor. It might might be more extensive, like updating kitchen cabinets or removing a wall. If they've had ideas about pre-sale work they want to do on the house, we discuss that as well. I talk to the sellers about which improvements might be worth it and why, taking into consideration market conditions and their expectation from the sale. I don't wait until they've signed the listing agreement to have this discussion, as many agents will. To me, it is important that clients have all the facts up front, rather than finding out three months into the listing that they could have done in the beginning to help their home sell faster. Then with any improvements they decide to make, I keep a list of contractors and vendors who have shown themselves to be reliable, efficient, and cost-effective. I don't just give them the cheapest contractors in town, but the ones I fully vetted who do excellent work. The average agent might give clients tips on how to make their home more attractive and marketable, but how much does that help compared to a professional staging? A survey of realtors by the NAR said that professional staging can increase a home sales price by 6 to 10%, and according to AOL financial article, stage homes sell approximately 17% faster. I've run into other research that shows homes sell for around 6% higher with professional staging. Though these statistics may be a little high, isn't it worth it to you and your clients to consider the staging? The National Association of Exclusive Buyer Agents, NAEBA, also surveyed brokers and agents. The professional survey said that 82% of home buyers are less focused on any negatives in the home when it is staged. These buyers not only fall in love with the house, but they are willing to pay more, sometimes overpaying. Obviously, we aren't trying to hide anything and we fully disclose any issues the house has, but why not take the emphasis off negative issue and 
and showcase the positive. Even if your client has a knack for decorating, it doesn't mean they understand staging. I provide my clients with six to 10 hours of professional staging consultation for free. Actually, I give them as much as needed. I pay the consultant $45 an hour out of my own pocket. You can find stagers for as low as 20 per hour, and it makes a huge difference. My stager meets with the client within 24 hours of signing the listing agreement. At this meeting, she goes over what they can do so the house shows better. She tells them where to position furniture so rooms look more inviting. She makes sure closets aren't too overloaded and removes personal pictures. She shows the clients how far to open blinds and how to arrange drapes. She exchanges a painting for a mirror or removes a table extension to make the table look smaller and the room look bigger. We bring in our own pictures, knickknacks, and towels to place throughout the home to give it a fresh, updated look. I store all of the items I bought in a barn and I've added to it over the years. You can go to Home Goods, Kirkland's, or Ross to pick up great products to use. You'd be amazed at just how much this small effort adds to the attractiveness of the home. Your investment in props doesn't have to be huge, and my props are reused. I buy things that are very neutral, whites and beiges, that can be used anywhere. After this first consultation, the stager comes back and brings the props she'll need to use. It might be knickknacks or towels for the bathroom. It might be dishes or baskets for the kitchen or throws for the living room. She spends time making sure everything looks great. Only then do we arrange the for professional photos and video. I also give clients the option to pay for one more extensive staging. This might entail bringing in furniture or even repainting a wall or two. Depending on the home, this might be worth it to them. After the stager is done, my marketing specialist and my digital marketer meet with the client. My marketing specialist digs for any upgrades or improvement clients have made to their home. She asks them what they love about their house and their neighborhood. My digital marketer is the one person who does all of our online marketing and who designs our online pieces, such as landing pages, social media posts, target market ads, etc. for search engine optimization, SEO. This SEO work means the difference between a posting that gets a few dozen hits versus one that gets thousands. My digital marketer and marketing specialist take note after note about every single detail of the property so we can market it effectively. Our online digital platform is unbeatable and has been built from extensive research and training classes. My digital marketer and I recently attended a Nicholas Kuzmich class, The Art of Lead Generation. This was a two-day course that taught us how to run target market Facebook campaigns. The class fee alone was $6,500 and with travel and food it cost me just under $10,000 but it was well worth every penny. These types of training and classes are what keep my businesses on the cutting edge so I can give the most value to my clients. It makes me feel great about what I do and how I serve them. Would you like to have two days of live coaching directly from me where we're actually going to go over one strategy that in 2020 brought in 48 seller transactions? Well, you want to go to kristamayshore.com slash two days live. That's kristamayshore.com slash two days live. Our next live is actually February 22nd and 23rd. It's only $97 and you get coached directly from me all day long for two days straight. So if you're wanting more sellers and you're wanting to learn to utilize video and social media in your business, then show up to our next two days live. Go to kristamayshore.com slash two days live and I will see you there. Informed and involved. As soon as our marketing materials are ready, we shoot copied, hard copy and electronic to our clients so they can post them on their Facebook pages and other social media outlets such as Instagram and LinkedIn and hand them to friends or send them in the, in the emails. Think about it. People usually know a lot of people who are similar to themselves in income level, likes and dislikes, maybe even profession. The people who will be most interested in their home are most likely those people who are like the sellers. Tapping their area of influence only adds to your pool of potential buyers and potential clients. When the house is on the market, the average agent might make a phone call once or twice 
twice per week to check in. But clients don't just want you to check in. They want real information about what's going on. The lockbox on our homes are registered so you know who goes in and out. Each time a property is shown by another agent, we ask for specific feedback so we can relay it to the seller. We do this the next business day after the showing and we blind copy the seller when making the request to the showing agent so they see we are requesting it. Then we forward the agent's feedback once we get it back, which is about 45% of the time, and we let our clients know that that's typical. My clients hear from us at least twice per week while the house is on the market. Twice per week, we send them new print or digital marketing materials that we've created or the most recent posting on various sites. We set up systematic calls on specific days every week to update them on the activity. We tell them how many postcards we've sent, how many brochures we've hand-delivered, and a list of new postings on website. They also get a rundown on how many showings the house has had. We do formal video updates for our clients through BombBomb each week. We also include them on our weekly market update and educational list, so they get that video every week as well. What do we get in return? Clients who are excited and referring other people to me before we've even sold their home. They are clear about all the efforts we are making on their behalf and they trust that I know what I'm doing. If, for some reason, the house isn't selling as quickly as they had hoped, they know it's not because we are not doing everything we can. If I were only holding an open house and sending out a few flyers rather than not doing all of this, I would be stressed out if the home wasn't selling. Keeping your client informed and showing them that you are doing everything you can takes the heat off. It is also how you can earn your full commission without discounting. High quality marketing materials. Let me say this again. The quality of your marketing materials reflects both on the quality of the home and the quality of your own work. Typical agents pull out their iPhones, snap a few shots, and call it good. Their video tours are just slideshows of the photos they took. Their flyers are cheap throwaways that are more self-promotional than designed to really feature the house. Don't do that. After the home is staged to look its best, we bring in a professional photographer and a videographer. They don't have to be highly expensive. You can find talented college kids or people on Craigslist and Fiverr. Unless you yourself have done a lot of photography, they'll know more than you about lighting and how to use angles of shots to make something look more impressive. If you don't have the money right now, make your own iPhone video, but then spend 15 to $20 to have Fiverr edit it for you. You can do anything less expensive and still do it well. Use drone for footage. If you have access to drone photography. Use the drone shot as the first picture on the MLS and the marketing sites. It will draw attention to the home and to you. Again, it's about being unique and going above and beyond. Let's talk about creating the website I use for listings. I don't mean a slideshow of your company's website with a few facts about the home. We put together a robust website for each home that is separate from my company's website. For $100 per month, you can create as many individual property websites as you want with a bunch of features. For example, the site can forward emails that has a chat feature that will notify your cell phone of the inquiry so you can text back. On each of these websites, we have a slideshow and virtual tour of the property, a detailed description, a mortgage calculator so buyers can calculate whether they can afford the payments, nearby amenities and schools, local demographics, and an aerial street view. The site can be assessed by computer, cell phone, or any mobile device. Interested buyers can contact us using the text number on the home's lawn sign or on other marketing materials. When a text comes in, we respond automatically and send the URL for the home's website right to the interested buyer's mobile phone. We also automatically text the URL to buyers who show interest on Zillow and other sites. Best of all, when they use the texting feature, the software will text and email me their contact information and what property they are inquiring about. When an interested buyer lands on the site, the site also collects their information so we can follow up with them quickly. This is the place where search engine optimization comes in and understanding optimization methods on specific property marketing sites like Zillow, Realtor.com, and Trulia become crucial. 
crucial. You can create an awesome website, terrific YouTube ads, and dynamic Craigslist ads, but if you ignore how each specific site tells you how to optimize your listings to get it to show up and stand out, you're wasting your time. For those of you who aren't familiar with SEO, it's basically the way people find you online. When you Google something like homemade toothpaste, the search engine hunt for words that most closely match what you want to find. SEO figures out what words people use most often to find whatever you have. So in our example, statistics might show the words like natural, teeth, toothpaste, and homemade are the words people most often put in the search box. With SEO, you take that information and make sure that your description and titles use the most popular words so your product will pop up on the first page. Using the correct words to describe your videos, websites, and online ads will ensure you have higher rankings in the search engines and that your target market will find you. This applies to Facebook, social media, target market specific ads, and anything you put online. There is a lot of technology and information behind SEO and it could take up an entire chapter on itself. One quick hint is to make sure you add a title to to all of your pictures. We also go into the back end of the top websites such as Zillow, Realtor.com, Truly, and Redfin. These are the top sites currently, but that can change overnight. It's technology. By getting into the back end of our listings, we can enhance our copy to get better exposure, and we can analyze how well our post on that site is performing. We can create cookies to retarget viewers, saving marketing dollars by being more specific about who's seeing our marketing. Basically, a cookie is a tracking link that follows buyers and sellers online, so when they click on our ads, posts, websites, or link, they start to automatically get our future listings, videos, and updates. Don't freak out. This is so simple that anyone can do it. You'll just need a little training. Using cookies will create an audience who will see all your marketing organically, so you don't have to pay to track them. More exposure helps the seller's home sell more quickly. I show prospective clients this graph at my listing appointments, so I get the twofold benefit from working the back end of listings. One, to show my current clients how well they're at performing during their regular updates and two to impress my prospective clients at the listing appointment in terms of other marketing materials what about something as mundane as your lawn signs how many agents still use the sign they used 15 years ago same old photo and just a phone number with no website url or text number and unless they've been able to put it under a street lamp the sign goes totally dark when the sun goes down how often do you replenish the brochures you put in with your sign better yet how about using a digital brochure or flyer instead so potential buyers can look at the home's information by texting the number on the sign. If you want quality marking materials, you will have to spend more than the average agent spends, but it doesn't have to break the bank. When implementing some of these ideas or ideas you come up with on your own, stop and really think about how you can get the job done cost-effectively before you plunge in. As you start to make more money, which you will, start to add and expand. Implement, improve, expand, repeat. Always focus on getting better and better and improving, innovating. Tapping the power of social media and the internet. Obviously, I do a lot to tap the power of social media and the internet. If you're just starting in this type of market, don't become overwhelmed by it. Take it piece by piece. Your goal is to improve. With every house you sell, add something new and stick with it until you really have it down and are doing it consistently. Implement a new technology that will enhance your listing and exposure. Be innovative and use technologies that show you are different. Once you sell another house, you can create a bigger budget for your marketing and add something else. The key is consistency. Once you master and implement an innovation or technology, keep doing it and add more. Don't stop with the first, but add to it. Keep in mind that technologies are changing constantly, so you'll need to keep track if something new and improved is out there and can better serve your clients and in turn better serve you. Some of what I do today seems expensive, like spending $200 on a specific ad campaign on Facebook. But if that ad generates 25,000 to 75,000 views, to me it's totally worth it. 
However, I didn't start there. I added the extra investment as my business grew. For each video that I produce, whether it's a general education video or a specific video to one of my listings, I am creating a target audience. I'm showing up wherever they are and redirecting them to what I want my audience to see. You're creating an audience, not targeting one person. Anyone who's ever looked at your videos or anyone who's ever reached you, they all become a part of your target audience. You start showing up on their feed, on their computer, anywhere they go, you're there. Then automatically you direct them to see the next thing you want them to see. In my 60 plus digital marketing platform, I mentioned using an online company called AdWorks. AdWorks basically identifies anyone who does a real estate related search in my area. As soon as that person is identified, my posts start showing up on their feed because of their interest in real estate. My ad keeps following them online to get their attention so they'll eventually click on my ad, which takes them to my website, then to my featured properties. Because they keep seeing me, my name stays in their mind. Would you like to have two days of live coaching directly from me where we're actually gonna go over one strategy that in 2020 brought in 48 seller transactions? Well, you want to go to kristamayshore.com slash two days live. That's kristamayshore.com slash two days live. Our next live is actually February 22nd and 23rd. It's only $97 and you get coached directly from me all day long for two days straight. So if you're wanting more sellers and you're wanting to learn to utilize video and social media in your business, then show up to our next two days live. Go to kristamayshore.com slash two days live and I will see you there. This is why people tell me they see me everywhere. Engaging the real estate community. Let me start off by saying that I don't do broker stores. They're not really effective and I explain that to my clients. Granted, this might differ from market to market. You may feel they are totally useful and work well. If you can prove that and have success with those tours, by all means, continue. But don't mistake a broker store as an activity that stands out. The effectiveness of broker stores could change in the future, but my research in this area is suggesting that holding broker stores is ineffective for attracting buyers. Buyers typically know more about homes on the market than their agents do. If they are serious buyers, they are like crack monkeys searching for their dream home every minute online. They usually find the homes they want to see before their agent. Maybe at some point in the future, broker stores might make sense in promoting listing. However, in my opinion, it doesn't work now. That said, broker stores are excellent for getting to know other agents, developing rapport, and checking out your competition. They're also especially valuable for new agents. Agents work with agents they like, so getting to know other agents is important, especially the top agents. Often, sellers will ask my thoughts about or experience with another other agent when deciding which buyer's offer to choose. So it is very helpful to connect with your peers. I send out coming soon e-flyers to agents locally and throughout the county so they can see we have a new listing coming up. They can then forward that price to their clients and it makes the agent look good because it provides their clients with so much information. Another very affordable software is called Proxio. It allows agents to market their listings and the listings of other agents to over 650 agents in 15 countries and 19 languages. Check out Proxio at www.proxio.com. When I do send these out, about four or five years ago, I lost a listing presentation to an agent who worked in a large real estate firm with lots of agents. The size of the agent's firm was the factor that swayed the seller. Of course, we all know, 5% of all agents do 95% of all business. So being in a big firm is irrelevant, but the seller didn't think so. After that experience, I decided to head that larger firm objection off at the pass. I started sending out digital flyers to tap into all agents in all companies, which is how agents in big firms connect with other agents. I tell that story on my listing presentation. I even take it a step further by email 
emailing top agents within the surrounding counties. When the market was slow or in a buyer's market, I would hand deliver brochures to top agents' offices and make face-to-face contact with top producing agents in the area. But honestly, that was only when the market was saturated with listings and I needed mine to stand out. In a regular market, that's unnecessary and a time waster for you. Use your work hours effectively so you'll have more time to do what you love. Traditional marketing on steroids. Whatever you do, make sure you do it with intention and purpose and in an innovative way. Again, what you do reflects positively or negatively on both you and the home. Don't just throw a cheap trifold brochure into a mass mailing to everyone in town and hope it hits someone who cares. Be more intentional than that and spend a bit more money to make a lot more impact. Do whatever marketing you choose to do consistently. Most agents give up if they don't see return instantly on their investment. They think by sending out one postcard one time should make a big difference. No. It doesn't. You need to do it regularly to keep top of mind awareness. People will throw your materials away and won't even notice one measly little postcard. But once they are considering selling or buying, they will remember that they've seen you regularly in their mailbox, even more if they've been seeing you on social media. The 60 plus digital marketing platform talks about what we do on the more traditional side. I'll only continue doing something if I can see it works. For example, we send out at least 500 just listed and 500 just sold postcards to the surrounding area that are eight and a half by 11 color and glossy. They have the texting feature on the card for each specific house, as well as the details and colored picture of the house. I work with the lender who shares in this expense. That lender went from not even being on the map to being the top three in her company after working with me over the past three years. These things work. Mailers often get tossed out, but once a homeowner is thinking of selling, they notice them and remember they've been receiving them regularly. Believe it or not, I've walked into a seller's home and they've had drawers full of my postcards. Again, the key is to be consistent and send them on a regular schedule 100% of the time, not just every once in a while. You should always be focusing on location domination. So you'll send these out to your farm, even if the house you aren't marketing isn't in the area. The key is to get people to constantly see you and see that you're doing business. Behind the scenes. Back office activity may not seem exciting enough to impress a potential client, unless what you've got going on behind the scenes shows incredible value that you'll be providing. When you read through this behind the scenes section, you realize that it's a lot more than just administration or shuffling paperwork. To create and maintain a healthy team environment, I highly suggest you read the book from Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. I listened to the audio recently, then sent a copy to my entire staff and told them it was mandatory for them to listen to it and read it. Once they completed the book, I'll give them each $100. Why? Because the offer is a genius, and I want to make sure my staff and I use the wisdom in the book as the basis for how we treat each and every person that we interact with. While my dad was proofing this, he asked if I'd give him $100 to read the book. Yes, Dad, it can help everyone, even you. Everything my office staff does is focused on giving epic service. We treat our clients the way they'd be treated in a luxury hotel. We fulfill needs they didn't even know they had. We capture every lead and follow up as if they are the perfect person for our listing, or that they'll be our next awesome client. We focus on being proactive, not waiting until a deal gets shaky, but spotting potential bumps in the road along the way before they appear. And if the agent on the other side isn't doing their job, we're ready to take care of that too. The system we have in place and the technology we have adopted allows us to do all of this. When I do things like Craigslist ad, I add the text message feature so I can respond quickly, if not instantly. When someone texts me, the text feature sends me their phone number and says, this person just texted about this property. After every appointment, whether it's the buyer or a seller, I send that prospective client 
Brian a card saying, thanks so much for this meeting. I really appreciated your time. It's a simple but gracious gesture. It lets the person know we care and we pay attention to detail. If we do that much after just the first meeting, how much more can they expect from us when they actually become our client? We've already started the relationship off right by giving them valuable information. Now we're adding that personal touch so that is important too. Writing in the card shows the prospective client that you care enough to take the time to do it. Everything you do is a reflection of how you do business in the future. Being proactive for a smooth close. If you're reading this book, you're probably not the average type of listing agent who gets that offer in and just presents it based upon whatever the information the buyer's agent has given you, right? The average agent then simply adds contingencies to the counteroffer, giving the buyer time to qualify for a loan. We don't. We make sure the buyer has truly been pre-qualified before we even ever accept an offer. Rather than wasting the seller's time with a buyer who may or may not qualify, I verify pre-qualification by having the lender and agent fill out a property questionnaire. They ask questions like, have you verified employment? Have you reviewed current and previous income taxes? Have you looked at the bank statements? Did the buyer fill out the entire loan application, including Form 1003? In California, this form asks deeper questions about bankruptcies, short sales, foreclosures, child support, etc. Do you feel comfortable telling me credit scores? Debt to income ratio. Has the lender checked for special assessments on higher property tax level and notified the buyer, as well as incorporated this into their payment. Have you informed the client not to open any new credit lines or take out any type of loan? And has the buyer personally seen the home? Have you made any offers on any other homes? I also spend time betting the buyer's agent and lender. I check how long they have been in business, how active they are, whether they work in the real estate full time. Why? So I can give my clients an honest opinion about how the transaction based upon their offer would probably go. Recently, I had eight offers on a property and the sellers asked me which one I would choose. I mentioned that one of the agents said that he hadn't had a home not appraised for three years. At this point in time, I was seeing houses not appraised three to four times per month. I knew that she hadn't explained to her clients what it meant to remove the appraisal contingency, that they would have to pay the difference between their offer and the appraisal value the lender would use for their loan. She wasn't familiar enough with our market to know that prices were increasing so fast that appraisals weren't keeping up with the market. I wouldn't have known about her misjudgment of the situation if I had not personally called and vetted that agent. Fortunately, we didn't take that offer because guess what? Big shocker. The house did not appraise, but came in $18,000 under the offer. We had measures in place to protect the seller against the house not appraising, so they were able to get their full contract price. It's not just about the obvious terms of an offer. You need to unearth other aspects of the deal that might make for a bumpy or failed transition and transaction. My team and I do all this research and ask all these questions to avoid as many potential issues as we can. Once the offer is accepted, I have the buyer, buyer's agent, and lender sign a form stating that I am able to contact the lender directly. We stay in constant contact with the lender rather than getting third-party hand information from a buyer's agent, and we're usually the first to know something is about to run off rails. We also call the agent and lender to go over the questionnaire to be sure they didn't leave anything out that could potentially affect the seller. For example, when we call, we often unearth the fact the buyer's agent didn't include the contingency that the buyer must sell their prior home before the transaction can close. They figure it's no big deal because the sale was pending, but that information my seller and I absolutely need to know. How often has a pending sale not closed on time or at all? After the offer is accepted, we treat our clients like their doctor's office would treat them, with reminders the day before every appointment via text and email. This doesn't have to be tedious and time-consuming. Software can do this easily and generate reminders automatically once you enter the dates. Three days before any contingency deadline, we send the buyer's agent a reminder of their responsibility and offer our help if needed. All of this is automated via RealVolve, so nothing drops through the cracks. It also saves us time. We not only remind our sellers of their responsibilities, but we make sure they do it right the first time. For example, on the California Association of Realtors Transfer Disclosure Statement, one of the questions is, has anything ever been repaired, replaced, modified, 
modified, added, fixed, or changed in the home. It's incredible to me, but about 85% of the disclosures I get from other agents, clients say no to this, even though they've lived in the house for decades. Are you kidding me? You've never fixed a broken faucet or replaced the garbage disposal? You've never needed to have your hot water heater replaced or your garage door repaired? You've never installed new light fixtures? Obviously, the seller filled the form out by themselves with little or no coaching from their agent. It's the law that those things get disclosed. Being sloppy can open the seller and the buyer and the agent to a lawsuit. Instead, I advise my clients to grab a glass of wine and their laptop and go from room to room really thinking about any work that they have done. What have they repaired? What have they replaced? Upgraded. You do a disservice to your client if you don't tell them to be thorough. I give my clients examples of what a proper disclosure looks like and an addendum to the contract so they can collaborate on any changes that they've made on the home. We all know how small the lines are on these forms. Using an addendum ensures clients don't leave anything out. During the final stage, it's especially important to make sure your client understand what is happening and when. I can't tell you how many times past clients thought that when they went to go sign the closing documents that they'll be handing over their keys and picking up their check. They're excited, then very, very disappointed. I've learned to make sure they understand the escrow process, especially the timing of this last piece, by sending out another video after offer acceptance that explains it all. Take the next steps. Number one, make a list of all the valuable things you do for your clients already. Identify any holes you see in how you're working with clients today. How can you improve and make any deficiencies better? Number two, write down three ideas from this chapter and schedule a time to implement them in your business. And again, for more information, go to www.communitymarketleader.com. Hey, I hope you like what you're hearing. So right now you're actually listening to my book. We're giving you parts of our book each and every episode. So stay tuned for the next episode on Tuesday, Thursday, or Sunday, where we release more parts of our book, Sell 100 Homes or the Ultimate Digital Marketing Playbook. Thanks for being here. Appreciate your time and stay tuned for more.